Welcome to She Should Know podcast with your hosts, Dr. Sara Hamida and Alima Sara Ahmed. You're sitting with a Muslim female physician and a Muslim female scholar, the co-directors of Empower Health, where we dive deep into all things related to women's wellness, mind, body, and soul, from our experiences and expertise. Let's get into it, y'all. These episodes are made possible through your donations. If you like the work we do, please become a sustainer at empowerhealth.org to magnify this work, educating, enabling, and empowering our community. That's E-M-P-O-W-H-E-R-Health.org. While these podcasts provide education from professionals, they cannot replace the medical advice of your personal physician. If you're experiencing health questions or concerns, be sure to seek medical attention. The awareness for mental health is is creating a huge shift, I believe, in the, the self-work. And also, I think healing from... Uh, generational trauma. That's a big, big, big thing now as well. Definitely. In in how we're raising the next generation. I think that this generation, at least, if, if anything, they're very aware. They're very aware and they're very health conscious, right? Yes. So um, so that is an advantage definitely when it comes back to breast cancer. Yes. So having um, a, an active physical lifestyle okay. reduces your risk of breast cancer. That's important. Um, and then just understanding obesity in and of itself is a risk factor for okay. breast factor or for breast cancer, and that is because um, adipose tissue, our fat tissues, start to produce their own hormones. Okay, they act almost like their own hormonal organs, wow. and so um, for individuals who have large stores of fat, mm. the estrogen levels will be higher, mm. and those higher levels of estrogen increase your risk for breast cancer. Mm. So that's that correlation there with obesity. Mm-hmm. Um, Extra hormone use. So if somebody is postmenopausal and they are really struggling with uh, hot flashes or other issues related to that, it can be very tempting to want to get hormone pellets. But again, that does increase your risk for, for breast cancer. Okay. So just understanding those those yeah. types of decisions. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so movement is important. Trying to keep some form of physical activity. Movement imp- is, is uh, you know, movement is important for like so many reasons. Like, you know. <laughs> Speaking of mental health, you just, I mean, I was thinking about our PCOS discussion and how you were talking about just even losing, you know, like 5% body fat was like 5% something like that. Just 5%. It reduces your risk of PCOS or your, it increases your ability to ovulate by, you know, I, I can't remember the statistic. I think it was over 20%. But yeah, your ovulation um, is directly related to, yeah. to your, yeah. to your physical well-being we have to take care of our bodies. Yeah. You know, yeah. all that dysfunction kind of comes together. Yeah. Um, so we also talked a little bit about the BRCA gene and making sure that people um, were aware of that as an as a something that they can go get checked. Because that's what I was going to ask. How are, how are you supposed to know that you have it? Do you know what I mean? You can only find that out through genetic testing. Right. You have to. That, exactly. So that that's the, the bottom line is um, you you won't know unless there is genetic testing that's done. And who should consider getting that done? Um, if you've had several family members with breast cancer, then that is uh, an indicator to go get checked. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've had family members with ovarian cancer, that's that's another important because they're correlated. Yeah. Ovarian cancer, breast cancer, they yeah. both kind of respond in many of the same ways related to that response to estrogen. Um, individuals who have uh, family members with breast cancer under the age of 50, that's another indicator to get the um, the genetic testing. Mm-hmm. 
um, or if they have family members who have breast cancer in both breasts. Got it. Yeah. So I would say those are probably your leading groups for getting breast cancer or for getting the BRCA gene Testing. tested. Um, but there are also people who are getting that checked um, through their 23andMe. Oh, their the, yeah. the, the DNA. Their DNA kits. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, you know, those tend to be opt-in. Yeah. I think so. They're yeah. add-ons. Yeah. They're add-ons. Um, I personally did it because I, I got curious about, you know, DNA. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. checking things well, out. Well, you're on there. Let's also just, you know, throw in the hell. It gets a great benefit. It is a great benefit. You have to be, I think... The the one warning, the trigger warning, would be to be prepared for uh-huh. what to do it's next. On the law, right? So true. Right. So, are you mentally prepared oh, to wow. take the next step? Should you get that information? Wow. Right. So, so, I think at that point, it starts to become a conversation with your family, and a, and a, <laughs> you have to have a conversation with your physician. Um. Yep. About how to interpret that risk. Yeah. And then, what does that mean? And what can you do? What should you do next? Yes. Right. So go in prep. Don't just like throw it in the, the cart. Like, I might as well find out about this, too. Yeah. It's not something you just. I think knowledge is power. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to advocate for 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 knowledge um, with regards to this particular thing. Right. Because mm-hmm. when we talked about the negative side, the downside of uh, doing too much preventative screening. Yeah. Um, I use the example of prostate cancer. Okay. Right. So there was a period of time where we were doing digital rectal exams for men um, and we were doing blood tests to see if people had a um, a protein that was indicating an elevated risk of prostate cancer. And what that was doing was it was leading to a ton of biopsies mm. and then downstream complications from those biopsies that were related to, you know, erectile dysfunction, difficulty with urination. There were all kinds of pro- pain and trauma, not to mention just the the negative um, result that comes from intense anxiety, mm. right? Mm. So that that shows up somewhere too. Right. Um, so not doing unnes- things that are, un- not I would say unnecessary, but... But you weigh your harms and your goods. Yeah. Some, some testing can lead to more harm than good than good Got it. right yeah. so um now that is the reason why uh we try not to jump on every lump and bump yeah not every lump needs a biopsy See, this is important to talk about because yeah. i know and i think we talked about it in the room too about like depending on the time of month and your menstrual cycle um how your breasts feel you know yeah tenderness we also talked about something very important, which was feeling pain being a good thing versus a bad thing. Right. Okay. Cancers have a certain type of characteristic, right? Yeah. Generally speaking, generally speaking, they tend not to be painful. See, that is, I know I saw a lot of light bulbs go off in there, but there was a lot of surprise to that. That a- cancer doesn't necessarily hurt. That's correct. Most breast cancers will not hurt. Now, there are indications for sustained long-term breast pain that is pinpoint does not move to have that evaluated with breath with ultrasound and mammogram yeah okay so i'm not saying ignore everything yeah but you do have to um talk about it with your physician and just prepare yourself that you may not require a biopsy or a next step Mm -hmm. because there are we have cystic fibrous bumpy breasts yeah 
And if you're a coffee drinker like I am, then you probably have more of that fibrous, bumpy tissue. Wait, what? That's been indicated. That has uh. been shown. Yeah, that's been shown in the literature that heavy coffee drinkers tend to have more fibrous cystic breasts. So, um, you gotta toss that in there. <laughs> All of America drinks coffee. Wait, what? Yes. Okay. So yeah. Anyway, so, what does that mean for when we're evaluating? Like, what what difference does that make? I think it just means that women should be, women should understand that when you are younger, yeah, you're premenopausal, that you are likely to have fibrous breast tissue, and that can feel like a lump. It can feel bumpy. We didn't even throw breastfeeding into that conversation. True. Yeah. Yeah. Your breasts change a lot with breastfeeding. Yeah. A lot. A lot. In fact, so much so that you kind of have to wait for things to calm down or to, you know, complete. Now, they will do ultrasounds. And I I don't know if they'll mammogram during during, uh, breastfeeding. That's a shortcoming on my part. But I know that they will certainly ultrasound your breasts. Mm -hmm during during breastfeeding periods but um yeah a lot of changes are happening during those younger years if you will absolutely you know and and so to to take it with a grain of salt yes you know yes uh, i think understanding and really knowledge again is power here yeah understanding what should be something that you know tripwire like oh no i need to go i need to go I'm worried about this one. Yeah. Versus, oh no, I've noticed a pattern with it. Yes. During a certain time of month. Yeah. And this is how it always feels. Yeah. So sharing my own story per usual. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it all. <laughs> you know, I had sustained pinpoint pain for over a year mm. um, in one breast. Mm. And that was what motivated me. You know, that's the indicator mm-hmm. to go get an, an evaluation. So I did. I went and got an evaluation. Um, and alhamdulillah, my, you know, my mammogram and my ultrasound were both normal. There was nothing there. Um, So then what comes, what's What's next? What's next? Yeah. Next, you got, you got to put your hands down and not touch the spot. Wow. You got to stop, stop touching the spot. Because what I have learned over the years, the many, many years of, of family medicine practice is that human beings love to check up on it yeah just like beyonce said like we we love to check up on it yeah we find a painful spot and we will keep pressing yeah so what is that doing to it yes it's just like increasing yes it's agitating it increasing the irritability and that pain it's gonna keep being painful now don't i'm saying get the checkup yeah once you've got the clear let it be then stop touching it got it yeah, that's important information because that others will think and assume that no, I should continue to make sure that it is yes changing, if you will, right? You know, and so I think this also comes back to the um, that USPSTF recommendation about the mammograms every other year. Okay, you notice they didn't really say much about breast exams with the hands. Yeah, and why is that? Right, and that's just because we do eight absolutely terrible job of finding cancer with our fingers it's not the best way to go about it it's really terrible (laughs) they're not too accurate they're very inaccurate okay yeah we can't find things early enough with your fingers by the time you feel something it's been there it's been doing things or what have you and it may again it may have absolutely nothing to do with any type of Mm. problematic lump Mm. now they still recommend that women do their own breast exams because you know your breasts true you know if something really changes. Yeah. You can look for changes to the skin. 
You can look for changes to um, the warmth or the redness to the area. You can look for puckering of the skin. You can look for, you know, new lumps that are growing. Um, So if you notice something that is abnormal and different for you, then yes, go get it checked. Um, So the personal, the individual breast exam, that's still, um, it's still considered something that's helpful. Yeah. But it's... um, it is augmented and requires yeah. the assistance of the mammogram. Got it. Got it. So be aware of your changes. Yeah. Don't be ignorant. Don't right. not notice. Right. You know. Right. That's not, there's extremes here. Yes. I think, and know. please don't squeeze your nipples. Why not? <laughs> for, for discharge. So there are a lot of women who get super freaked out because of discharge. Okay. From the nipples. Uh-huh. And they'll get a weird color. They'll get like a green color. They'll get a brown color. They'll get a clear, clear fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're saying all of that is not something to be worried about. Right. So if your breast is spontaneously giving fluid, it's draining on its own. Yeah. That's a different story. Then you, you still, you go get checked out. Okay, but if you are pressing your breasts, yeah, you will eventually get some type of discharge yeah. um, that comes out. Now, bloody discharge is problematic. Okay. okay, bloody discharge is always problematic, but when it comes to the other types of fluid colors, for the most part, those tend to be okay. Mm-hmm. But again, you cannot determine that without being evaluated by a physician. You have to be evaluated by a physician. Got it. But this can happen even if you're not breastfeeding. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to ask you because that understanding is like, well, it doesn't have anything to do with the years of breastfeeding right and after. Um, so it is interesting. So you will see women who have um, an increased uh, like just propensity hmm. for discharge to come out. Is that just related to milk ducts? Or right. Related yeah. to those milk ducts and those glands that are active okay. in there. But then there's also just nipple stimulation in general. Like yeah. women with larger breasts who may have more nipple stimulation from certain bras can yeah. also have some of that that happens as well. Okay. So, you know, but again, it, some women, we love to press around on things. Check up on Check up on it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're squeezing the nipple to then get discharged, it's like, no, no, no. You're you're irritating yeah. that duct. Yeah, yeah. You did that to you. You did that. Yes, exactly. That's not what your body was trying to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So um, so that's just the, that's that's what it is about Good discharge. Now. Yes. Leave some stuff alone. Yes. Leave this stuff alone. Um, But related to, to, to the breast and the breast changes, we did have a very interesting conversation about, about, um, mastectomies mm-hmm. and next steps that come with um, whether or not to augment, mm-hmm. you know, with this concept of like your womanhood. And there are a lot of women who post mastectomy feel like they've lost some sense of femininity. Yeah. yeah. And so what was your what was your guidance in the room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Islam is a very beautiful religion when it comes to uh, the middle path. And I think the most natural path, I think, um, it is very much so. And I say this every time. It, Islam is very much so about preserving um, and looking out for the well-being of the individual, physical, spiritual, mental, physiological. All of that is put into consideration when we discuss things that are fit, um, jurisprudence, rulings, laws, Um and so anything that you will hear, um, any ruling that's made is considering all of the above. So 
you know, we understand a fitra of a human being, um, the natural state of what a human looks like. Um, for example, if, if somebody comes out, you know, is born without an arm, we're not going to call that fitra because we know that normally a person will be born with two arms, right? right. So just because somebody's born with a different kind of, you know, look, we understand what a template, a template of, of a human body looks yeah. like, if you will. Yes. Um, and so when we go into discussions about making changes and alterations to the body, um, we have the foundation in the Quran where we know that the devil, he, he made a promise to God. And he said that I'm going to trick and I'm going to deceive and I'm going to drag as many people uh, with me in the next life to the hellfire as I can out of spite. And one of those things that he promised to do was to try and make people uh, alter and change themselves. Uh, they will want to change the creation of God. And so I, I keep that as in mind just kind of as a foundational thing that should always be kind of in the background of when we talk about our bodies and making changes to them because as human beings, we are very much so, I think, prone to... Um, modeling ourselves after what we see around us and what is trending and what is changing and we know one thing that um, islam will provide for us is stability it will create it will provide us with there's grounding grounding yeah. um something that's not constantly changing and altering this and in the lifestyle there is some form of like we said fitra that's kind of like our baseline um but with that said islam very much so advocates for quality of life you know and how how your life is being lived and because that affects your mental that affects how you are able to live so we have examples um very clearly in a hadith um there's a narration from abu daud a companion by the name of arfaja uh, bin aswad he was fighting in the battle he lost his nose during that battle um he got it replaced he went the prophet literally told him to go ahead and get a uh, replacement and get a prosthetic uh, nose of silver and then that started to rot and there was a bad smell coming from it so he then the prophet commanded him to put a nose of gold which i thought was very interesting That's considering so interesting yeah considering how and i think this is kind of the, it sets the tone for for a larger conversation that in the case of need right where in normal circumstances uh gold is prohibited for men to wear right and here we see the prophet them telling him to know this is for medical need that the gold won't do the same thing as the silver it will not rot it will not start stinking right um, it will right. stay in its pure state um and so an exception was made here because there was a need, because this was affecting this person's quality of life. So what do we see here? We see a nose being replaced and brought back to, the, as the best that they could at that time, really? brought back to a state of normal, the closest to normal that it could get. And so when we talk about um, alterations and changes in the body, our template is mainly to advocate, uh, to do so, um, to remove a defect, Mm -hmm. to remove an abnormality or or change it to bring it back to at, as much as we can a state of normalcy um restoration is, yeah. is the best word to use as long as it is deemed medically safe meaning yeah. the the benefits of it and how it's looking for you the projection of it and you talk to the doctor and the doctor gives you thumbs up everything's looking good you go forward with this it shouldn't be harmful it should it should you know all god knows best of course but it should be a good thing for you you know not harmful for you um those are the things that are considered when we talk about changes to the body 
So in the case that you said, a mastectomy takes place. The the breast tissue is removed. Things are changed. Now this person is um, suffering with... Uh, we're, we're talking about body issues, not in something that is, uh, ex, you know, uh, extreme. This person just wants to get back to normal. Right. They're trying to get back to a state of feeling like a woman again. Right. Uh, right. Feeling feminine. Um, right. Feeling confident in, you know, their themselves. And so they just want to feel normal. So fitra is what, fine. We're trying to restore you. So go ahead and have the augmentation to bring it back to normal again. Right. Um, and and so I think that that's that's something to consider. Another thing would be breast reductions comes into that conversation sure. too. Um, a lot of times that is something that if the person's suffering from back pain, you know, medical issues due to the size of the breasts and and what 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 have you. Uh, getting reduction done is right. for the same thing, bringing it back to a st- state of normalcy. Fitra, you're not right. trying to do something extreme. Again. Right, you're trying to balance out the body. Right, people aren't just like electing to remove their breasts just for the funds of it. It's exactly. like you know they're they're doing it because it's you know making life difficult, right. or what have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think that there's you know the 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 point of that would be that you don't do something just for to follow in. Um, you know, you're self-absorbed and an obsession to look like a certain kind of way that society deems as beauty, the beauty standard. Right. That is going to always change. Absolutely. You know, if there's one thing we can bet on, I mean, we don't bet in Islam. If there's (laughs) there's one thing we can definitely feel assured of, it is that this standard of of society's, you know, beauty, the the beauty Beauty changes, man. Beauty changes. I mean, look around today. I will say even today... Uh. I'm going to say it. I really feel like this BBL Mm-mm-mm. train has run away. Every day you see a new article of somebody getting a procedure done and almost dying from yes. Yes. You know, yes. getting yes. it done on a, on a budget yes. out, outside of the United States. And yes. uh, it's it's a, it's a horror show. And for what? Yes. And then at some point, I feel like you're right. Like in 10 years, in 15 years, when like the standard shifts, because it... <laughs> Ultimately, will gotta forget the standard shifting somewhere in the world. You're probably the beauty standard. True, depending on whose beauty standard. True, not in America, but True. somewhere in the world. You know the way your eyebrows are, the way your facial structure is. You are the beauty standard. Yes. So, but I'm saying if you if you go to the efforts of making yeah. a change, yeah. and then the pendulums shift, and it'll only to, yeah. Now you're not it anymore. Like now all what? those 1985, mm-hmm. you know, big silicone breast mm-hmm. implants are not the vibe anymore. Not the vibe anymore. So. And you know what? We look back. Okay, so we look back at that, and it seems um, like laughable, right? Like, why would someone even do that, right? Right. And then you look back to the, even the Prophet Wasallam's time, and we see the Prophet Wasallam um, stopping women from and making haram and saying that you may not uh, proceed to file down your teeth. To create a gap in them and that is altering you know the creation of god right and that is haram don't do that and they were trying to they were trying to make a gap between their teeth. make a gap between their teeth you know, well, they weren't even had, doing the, you know the the we we go to all this effort now with the invisaligns and whatnot and so <laughs> and so but that was the that was the standard at that time right that was what was trending at that time we laugh at that right we laugh, we're like how how can you even try to do something like yeah. that but then I'm sure 20 years from now, we'll look back at what people are doing today and, and we'll be like, oh, my God, what were they doing? So oh, true. You know, so I think basically keep 
all of that in mind, keep in mind your role models, who your what your feed on social media is constantly showing you, what kind of body types, body image. Curate your feed, man. Curate your feed. Curate your feed. I yeah. I didn't come up with that. That was that was a a, a pearl from your husband for yeah. sure. It's like yeah. curate your feed. Curate like your feed. Be intentional about what we expose ourselves to because you know it's so funny. Subhanallah. I'll go to L.A. to go visit friends. Yeah. You walk around, and you see that everybody has drank the same Kool-Aid. SubhanAllah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the the train on, like, filler mm. is so intense in California and SoCal mm. that people don't even realize when they look crazy. SubhanAllah. Because everybody's at the same, everybody's doing it. Do you know what I mean? And it's like what happened to our individual beauties, right? True. Who we look like, there's a reason, you know, but I'll, I'll put this with it, too. There's a caveat here. When people are trying to make changes to themselves and try to bring themselves back to fitrah, yeah. there should not be this shaming around, oh, so you're not happy with the way God created? True. Because the minute you say that, no, I am not, me. Okay, I have, I have, you know, I need braces or something, right? Sure. My teeth are crooked or what have you. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's not even heart hurting me, but I would like them to appear straight yeah. as is what normal teeth look like. Sure. And for someone to say to me or someone who, who maybe has the same problem, they say, no, I'm happy with the way God created my teeth. I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm happy with it. I can say then, OK, well, that's your choice. You right. made that choice. That's fine. But right. I'm going to change it. And that is not deem that I am not happy with that. Right. God and that's not sh- that exactly that. So you can't shame people out of trying to bring themselves back to fitrah. Um, and, and, and uh, you don't know how it's affecting their quality of life. Absolutely. So you don't put that on another person. I think that that's very, um, important. Don't, excellent point. Don't put the standard on, on other people. Um, people are trying to bring themselves back to fitrah. Um, again, Islam is very moderate. Uh, our point is we are not self-absorbed in our looks because at the end of the day, God does not judge us based on that. And when Allah SWT says that he doesn't judge you based on your looks, but your actions, it is so that we focus more on the inner and not the outer. However, bringing the outer back to normalcy and bringing back your quality of life will only aid in helping you be able to focus on other things, right. not worry so much and feel so so downtrodden on how you look. Right. Um, because that, too, is an extreme and that, right. too, is distracting. You know, that's why, subhanAllah, like um, we put so much uh, the Prophet some praised, like, you know, uh, putting in honest work instead of begging, right? right? If you can, do any kind of job. Why? Because that kind of stability, it helps the mindset. It helps you be able to focus. Begging and whatnot. Now, you, if you had the money, if you had the job, now you could focus on worship of God. You have somewhere to go. You have a home. You can worship Allah in peace. Um, whereas, you know, instead of worrying about where you will get your next meal. So making those efforts. So some of those things, right, we go to the extreme of things. Um, be balanced. Being balanced. Be balanced. The best way to be to live a God conscious life. Absolutely. You know. So so we 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 use that again as a means. That's why we are the middle path. We're not we're not in that direction. We're not in that direction. We are in the middle. Right. And the goal at the end of it all is to um, be able to live the best God conscious life as we possibly can. Um, and remember that that is at the end of the day the most important thing. Um, don't become so self-absorbed in how you look that you forget that all of that doesn't matter. At the end of the day, what God is going to judge you by is your character. So don't lose sight of that I mean, by becoming self-absorbed. On the other end of the spectrum, 
don't suffer so much that you are wallowing in your suffering that you are not able to even focus or give time right. to your akhirah. Right. So that is what finding the middle would, would mean. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for the pearls. Alhamdulillah. We try. It's important for women to just hear that as often as they can, that, you know, like loving yourself, being comfortable with who you are, first come to terms with that. Um, Not to mention, like loving yourself is a is a is a continuous process. Yes. It's not a destination that you get to and then you're done. No. Because your body's ever changing. Yes. Your your context is ever changing. Your job, your life circumstances, they're all changing. And so that that practice of self-love is you have to build that into your everyday process because mm-hmm. it keeps going. Mm-hmm. You got to keep doing that. So say, and this is why this is somebody who goes and just asks, hey, I want to get this done. And you want to know the halal and haram. It's not that simple. You're going to go. You're going to get uh, the medical professional opinion. You're going to go to a mufti. You're going to ask. But the questions are going to be, there's, there's, it's, it's complex. Is it safe for me? Is it healthy for me? Does the doctor recommend it? Will it bring it back to a state of fitra? Then there's the other side of it. Mentally, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. If you get this done, will this help you? Will mm-hmm. it bring you to a state of contentment? Mm-hmm. Um, are you happy with yourself? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be happy with yourself when this change happens? Or is there going to be a continuous? Yeah, you got to be real mindful of the slippery slope. Slippery slope. The slippery slope of tinkering. Mm-hmm. You know, you start with what... Uh, and I'll say, like, again, it, like all things, there's the caveat of, yes, do the thing that brings you back to fitra mm-hmm. and do the thing that, like, fulfills the ache. Mm-hmm. But you have to also be prepared and know that after the first adjustment, it's kind of like opening the, the, the door. door. Yeah. Right? So you've opened the door. Now what can I do? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, oh, that first surgery oh, wasn't so bad. Could be a little yeah. tighter. Yeah. Oh, that door could be a little more shitty. Yeah. So I will say, I will say that once you start modifications, a person really has to be aware that then it does kind of create this uh, the opportunity for a slippery slope. So you have to kind of put some guardrails up, you know. And I think that's what Islam is trying to do, right? It's like, no, no, no. Bring it back to no abnormality fixed. Restoration has occurred. You are what everyone else is supposed to be. You know, yeah. Back to that. Yeah. Back to neutral. Bring some guardrails. Yeah. Bring some guardrails. Yeah. And it, for me, that kind of looks like having, uh, you know, affirmations, mm. things that I know that I love about myself. Mm. They can kind of, you know, try to combat whatever it is that I'm, I'm feeding from social media or what have you. Yeah. You know. You sometimes you gotta build up that muscle, yeah. Of like, okay, no, this I love this thing about myself. Not only the thing that you love about yourself, but the fact that God gave it to you for 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 a purpose. True. Prophet would would say that you wake up every morning in debt, in debt, and that to to fulfill that debt is zikr. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, walaikum. So yes, what what is the debt? Well, for each finger to be functioning the way it needs to function, for each limb that is able to help you move and go about your day, the brain that is working, the eyes that are seeing them, the lips that are moving, the the ears that are here, we don't even think about them. We forget about the involuntary movements of our body. And and we're so when we when we when we get stuck. Right. No, I'm not happy. Think about all the things that are functioning for you right now that. You're not even having to think about that God is providing for you and that one day those will all come to an end and and it will be too late by then, you know? Absolutely. So 
yeah, I think that inner work is so important in this process. If you need that augmentation, you need that change, still work on loving yourself, loving what God provided for you. Uh, find the fulfillment in that. And that is the the balancing, inshallah, for you. Inshallah. Inshallah. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there for our listeners. Um, and until next time. Inshallah. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilaik. Ba'alaikum sara. Alaikum salam sara. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support the She Should Know podcast and the work we do at Empower Health, hit that subscribe button and share this episode with someone else that should know. To catch the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram at empower underscore health. That's E-M-P-O-W-H-E-R underscore health. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.